Welcome to the Emmanuel Baptist Church Podcast. We pray that the sermon you're about to hear would be useful as you grow in your love for God and your love for His church. Now, here's today's sermon. If you would turn with me to John 18. Not 1 John. Gospel of John, chapter 18. I know we just took a break in 1 John. And we only jumped back into it two weeks ago. We're going to take another break uh, for Advent. Just one more break and 1 John, and then come the beginning of the year, we're in 1 John for the long haul. Okay? Promise. The reason for the season. That's the name of our uh, series today and for the following three weeks. There's, There's a lot of good things about Christmas, right? A lot of good things about Christmas. I know for me, for Sarah, it's like our favorite time of the year. When Christmas comes around, aside from the cold, right? I mean, the, everything else makes up for the cold. Um, you know, extra time with friends and family. Getting to see people you don't always get to see. Not so much for me, but I know for Sarah, the, the shopping and the gift giving is big. And um, thank the Lord for Amazon for me and... Uh, it's unfortunate about Target, but I mean, you know, you just, it's okay. But there's, there's just shopping and the gift giving, Sarah loves gift giving, and the lights, you know, we were just talking about what do we want to do this Christmas season, and Sarah said we have to go through the, the park and look at all the lights, and uh, it's just, it's a really fun, and it's a good time of the year, right? And then, of course, there's the Christmas music, be honest, who's already listening? Uh-huh, yes, there's some... Loud and proud people about it, right after Thanksgiving, right? That's, that's the rule for some. Christmas is just a good time, and, but the reality is, is you can celebrate Christmas culturally without the mention of Jesus. Millions do it. Millions do it. Every year. For them, it's just a cultural holiday. It's a, it's a thing that happens in the month of December. It's a fun thing to do. They love the lights and they love the shopping and they love the gift giving and the, and the music and, the, and just the atmosphere of Christmas. And so they celebrate Christmas, but there's no Christ in Christmas. It's just like Thanksgiving and Halloween. And if we're being completely honest, it's not just non-Christians who make it that way, right? There's a lot who profess Christ and celebrate Christmas and then hindsight, December 26th, realize, oh man, family didn't talk about Christ. Really didn't do much other than go to church this Christmas season. So when you think about when we were celebrating Christmas, was it really about Christ or was it more like Thanksgiving or Halloween Just another cultural holiday. What's the real reason for the season? And that's what I want to emphasize and talk about for the next four weeks. I kind of want to be like Charlie Brown, you know. Can anybody tell me the real meaning of Christmas? I want to do that, right, through Scripture. And we know, as Katie already said, and the Christmas devotion. It's the, it's the advent, meaning the arrival of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. That's 
the meaning of Christmas. That's the reason for the season. And that's why we're sending each of you home with Christmas devotions, right? To make your season right now more than just about all the other things that comes with Christmas. We want it to also be about Christ in your household. That's why we're sending you home with Christmas devotions. Don't just crumple that up. Don't just throw it away. Break my heart. Not just because I worked on it, but because I want your house to be filled with Christ this Christmas season. But of course, Christ should always be the center of a household. Not just the month of December, right? He owns all the months of the year. And so he should be the center of our family life every month out of the year. And that's why we want these Christmas devotions just to start a habit. And that's why you have that loose leaf about year-round devotion recommendations. Don't just throw that to the side. Look at that. Look into it. And if you don't pick one of those, that's fine. There's millions of them that are good out there. But let these Christmas devotions to become a habit for your household. If doing family devotions isn't already a part of your regular routine, and start something up after these Christmas devotions are over. Starting January, make it a commitment as a family to make Christ the center of not just this season, but every season and every day. So this Christmas season, we're asking one big question. Why? Why did Jesus come to the earth? We know it's all about Jesus. We know it's about Christ. Why, though, did he come? We know it's about his arrival. Why did he arrive? That's the big question that we're going to be asking. I think we have even a slide for it. We see in Scripture that nine times in the Bible, we are told explicitly, a reason that Jesus came to earth. Nine times, at least that I found. Last year, we looked at four of those. Last year, we looked at four of those. We looked at Mark 10, 45. We looked at Matthew, there it is, Mark 10, 45. Even the Son of Man came not to serve, but not to be served, but He came to serve. That is why he came, to give his life as a ransom for many. Last year we looked at Matthew 10.34. He came to bring a sword. He says, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have come not to bring peace, but to bring a sword. If you're like, what in the world does that mean? We talked about it last year. Look it up. It's somewhere on the interweb. He, called to, he came to call sinners, Mark 2.17. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. This is why Jesus came. He looked at Luke 19.10. He came to seek and save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So we looked at those in the four weeks of Advent last year, and yes, I waited an entire year to finish this sermon series. I set it aside, and here it is again. The last five reasons why, at least that I find in Scripture, where Jesus says, this is why I came. So why did Jesus come? Why Christmas? Because Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. That's why. He came to bear witness to the truth. 
you're in John 18, I'm going to read it in just one second. Let me give you the general idea of what's happening in John 18, and then we're going to, we're going to look at it. It's the very end of Jesus' life. Within hours, he'll be executed. Maybe some of you know, towards the end of life, it's a really good time to start reflecting on and telling other people about the reason that you're on this earth. Right? To start thinking about, this is why I was, I was born towards the very end of Jesus' life and within hours of dying and, and he says a reason why he came, why he was born. He was brought before Pilate and Pilate would be the judge and jury over Jesus to sentence him, whether guilty or not guilty. And he's struggling to find something to sentence Jesus with which is ironic if you just think about it because actually the role should be reversed and one day they will be that Jesus will stand over Pilate and be judge and jury to sentence him guilty or not guilty as he will all of us. But Pilate is standing there and he's trying to find something to catch Jesus in so that he can rightfully execute him. And he tries to get him to confess that he is a king. Because if he's a king, if he's a king, well, then there's a chance of rioting. There's a chance of anarchy and people going crazy and and following this person. And then all of a sudden, Rome's stability and Rome's rule will be questioned and challenged. And you can't have that. So if Jesus is a king, if he claims to be a king, oh, that's a good reason to execute this man. You're starting a movement. Jesus' answer to Pilate, he says, I, I do have a kingdom. But don't worry, Pilate, it's not of this world. It's a lot bigger than your kingdom. And then he says, I'll tell you why I came to earth, to bear witness of the truth. This is their interaction. I want to read it actually as it is. John 18, starting in verse 33. You can follow along in your copy of God's word or on the screen. This is what it says. So Pilate entered his headquarters again, and he called Jesus, and he said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own accord, or do others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? He's trying to find something. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I'm a king? For this purpose I was born. For this purpose, I have come into this world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And that will be a question we'll be considering today. What is it that Jesus is bearing witness to? Stephen Hawking 
was a physicist that had multiple degrees from the most prestigious universities of all the world. Highly renowned in both Oxford and Cambridge. There's movies made about Stephen. He's made a massive contribution to the world, including the world's understanding of gravity itself. Science regarding black holes. His research was unmatched when it comes to quantum mechanics, space-time continuums. He was awarded countless awards, positions. In fact, he even had the position that was once held by Isaac Newton. He's recognized all around the globe as one of the greatest minds to ever live. And yet, when it comes to God, Stephen lived his life in firm atheism, saying, quote, Science makes God unnecessary. There is no God. No one created the universe, and no one directs my fate. Stephen Hawkins truly wasted his life. He threw it all away. He threw it away. He missed the whole point. And you might say, how in the world could you say that he wasted his life when you just said all that he had done? He's revolutionized the world when it comes to our understanding of space and gravity and quantum mechanics. And he wasted it. He threw it away. It amounted to nothing. It's true. Because it, no matter what anyone ever does, if they don't testify to the truth, they've missed the whole purpose of life. Conversely, though, you can not be famous, not be the smartest person in the world, not even be known by very many people. You don't have to even leave your county lines. If you're on fire for Jesus, you make a far more eternal impact than Stephen Hawkins ever will. It's possible. You can. If your life is directed by, motivated by, fueled by, and lived out for the glory of God and testifying it to all people, you will have made a stamp more impactful in eternity than Stephen Hawkins could ever touch. Jesus modeled a worthwhile purpose for life in saying what he said in John 18, 37. Let me read it one more time. It's the pinnacle verse of today. He said, For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into this world to bear witness to the truth. I just want to stop there for a second and just, just think about this with me. What Jesus is able to say. He says, I know the purpose of why I come into this world. I, I know the purpose why I was born. 
Do you know the reason why you were born? Are you able to say that sentence? Genuinely, I, I mean that. Like, just think about it. Are you able to audibly speak to somebody else with confidence, knowing the reason why you're here? So many people don't know their purpose. Right? Life is nothing more than a random occurrence that will one day end with closing your eyes in utter darkness and unconsciousness. It just ends. They don't know their purpose. I'd say more people, though, they just have a wrong idea of what their purpose is. They've got an idea, just the wrong one. Right? There's materialists. They think their purpose is chasing fame and fortune, building impressive bank accounts and empires and rapport. Right? Materialists. It's the wrong purpose of life. There's hedonists chasing fun and pleasure, seeing that that is what life is meant to be all about. Wanting the new high and the new thrill. If it brings me pleasure, that's what I'm chasing. So there's materialists. That's the purpose of life. There's, there's hedonists. Pleasure is all that really matters. There's anthropologists just trying to spread kindness around this world. I just want to be nice to people. Spread love. And even that one, it sounds good, right? I'm, well, well all right. even that one, though, if all you live for is to spread kindness, that's foundational, just surface level, just trying to be nice to people, you've wasted your life and you've missed your purpose. The reality is, is we were made for one primary purpose. To glorify God, our Creator. And you, and, you, and you glorify God by doing loving people, pointing them to Him. That's the greatest way to love them, right? And materials aren't bad. You can use them to glorify God, right? But our ultimate and primary purpose is to glorify God. Isaiah 43, God talks about what our purpose is. I think we've got it. Do we have it? Isaiah 43. Maybe. There we go. I will say to the north, this is God speaking, I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, who I formed and made who I created for my glory. This is why you were created. And so our aim in this life is to weave that objective into everything we do. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it's very clear. Whether you eat or drink, right? So the most basic things that you can possibly do, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, blanket statement, do all to the glory of God. And I don't know where your walk is with Jesus today. I don't know what you think about Christianity, but 
You may think, let me see if I'm right for you, you may think that living for the glory of God means that you just have to live in no fun, <laughs> dry experience. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's your understanding. That living for God is, like, is the polar opposite of living and being happy. Right? That living for God and being happy are mutually exclusive. Impossible to be together. Actually, I would say that living for the glory of God and pursuing that path is the exact same path as pursuing your deepest joy and satisfaction. You will find no greater joy, you will find no greater satisfaction than the path of pursuing the glory of God and reveling in His goodness. There is no greater pleasure than knowing Him. But that's our primary purpose. And so I hope, like Jesus was able to say, this is why I was born. This is why I came to there. I hope you can say that with confidence. And it is for the glory of God. But he says, again, let's go back to verse 37. He says, this is why I was born. This is why I came to the earth. To bear witness to the truth. Now, we all know what it means to bear witness, right? To testify, to be a spokesman for. But what does he mean by truth, right? That's Pilate's question in verse 38. What is truth? What did you come to testify for? Certainly, it's he didn't come all this way, step down from heaven to teach us that two plus two equals four. Right, as true as that might be. So what does he mean by truth? Two things I want to give you to kind of understand what Jesus means when he says, this is why I was born. This is why Christmas is so important. This is why you celebrate every year. This is why I would step down from heaven. Take on the form of man. To testify, to be a spokesman for what? What's so important that he would do those things? Two things. I think the truth that Jesus came to proclaim were gospel realities. Right? Not two plus two equals four. Right? Not, not talking about that gospel realities that are vital, right? Sin and holiness, right? Heaven and hell, judgment and grace, paradise, torment, idols and a true king, gospel realities. And he came to testify, to proclaim to bear witness to these truths. I think I've talked about before, 1917, the movie. Um, story of a World War I British soldier who was given information about 
a battle that would be taking place, and if a message doesn't get to the front lines by morning, everyone is going to die. And so he was given this, and in fact, his own brother was going to be on the front lines. And so it mattered a lot that this truth, this reality, this message got to the front lines. And so the whole story, the movie, it's called 1917, he's trying to get there, and it's this journey, and he goes through hell to, to reach the front lines, to tell them about some really important realities. There's an ambush. Death is knocking on your door. Jesus came and he made the journey. And he went through the life that he went through to bear witness to very important truths that you and I need to know. Hell is real, but so is heaven. Torment is real, but so is paradise. Sin is not a joke. Consequences are real. But grace is so abundant. Gospel realities, right? He came to bear witness to those things. Jesus came to say that these aren't a joke, and he came even to die to make that proclamation very clear that sin does lead to death. The wages of sin certainly are death. The consequences are great, but life can be had. That's why he rose again. Showing that these things are very real. So I think that's the truth that Jesus is talking about, gospel realities, but also just the truth that Jesus came to proclaim was Himself as Savior. Jesus is truth personified. John 14, verse 6, Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. I can just imagine, just, I don't know. This is not in Scripture. This is Isaac speaking. But John writes in John 14 that Jesus said that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then, just four chapters later, John 18, John writes that Jesus came to Pilate, in front of everyone, and he says, I came to bear witness to the truth. And I I can just kind of picture him looking over at Peter, right? About to deny Jesus, and he's like winking like, hey, Remember what I said? <laughs> like, I came to tell you about myself. I am the Savior of the world. I'm God incarnate. I came to let you know about myself. I came to herald that I'm here and I exist and I love you. Jesus came to testify of gospel realities and of himself specifically that he is Lord, Savior, and the sustainer of the world. So, guys, why do, we, why do we celebrate Christmas if not for the lights and the shopping and the music? We celebrate every year Christmas because Jesus didn't let the world stay in the dark about the gospel 
and about himself. We celebrate Christmas because Jesus came to tell us things that we need to hear. And now we share this purpose with him. Right? Jesus has other purposes. Save sinners, to seek and save the lost, right? Jesus has purposes that he's spoken about of why he came to this earth, why he was born, which we don't share, which we can't share, right? We can't be a sacrifice for sin. But this one, this one we can share. To proclaim the truth about Jesus and the gospel realities, we do share that purpose with him. We are called to proclaim Christ and his gospel to everyone we possibly can. Please don't be mistaken. That is not just a purpose for pastors and missionaries. We should all live to testify of the truth and of Christ. And this should affect and evade every part of your life. Right? The, Living for sharing the gospel, can I just, just get very real with you, very practical with you. Living to share the gospel should impact how you talk to your neighbor. What, what Christmas looks like when you gather with your relatives that you don't see very much but don't know Jesus. Living to share the gospel should impact that. Living to share the gospel should affect your work life. And your interactions with your coworkers, it should impact your trip to the grocery store or the gas station. Very specifically, living to share the gospel should affect how you parent. Moms and dads, let me talk to you specifically for just a second. Before you can proclaim Christ to your neighbor, you should be proclaiming Christ to your household. Your purpose, your purpose as a parent is not to raise a star athlete or the next Einstein in school. Right? Those things are good. Hopefully they're excelling in both. But if we're being honest, I think we're giving so much more attention and time and energy towards these things which aren't actually our purpose as parents. Your purpose as a parent is to testify about Christ to your children. So again, take very seriously that call. Take a look at those devotion suggestions. Make it a routine. Make it the norm in your house because it's your purpose as a parent to testify of Christ to your children. Now, not just parents. Let me speak to the, the person that's in retirement. Empty nest. Your purpose to proclaim Christ impacts retirement. If it's a reason for living and you're still living, you should be proclaiming Christ, right? We're never able to say, I've done my time, I've done my part, I've served, I'm good, 
Or I want to live the rest of my life with my feet kicked up and enjoying golf. Right? That is not retirement. That's throwing away life just as much as Stephen Hawkins was. It's wasting it. Because you are purposed to proclaim and bear witness of Christ. There's always people in the church who need discipling and investing into. There's always lost people who need to know of the truth, and it's our purpose to do that. So may we commit our lives to that endeavor. As Christ did. For coming and dying. But more though, more than committing your life to that, may you worship Christ this Christmas season for doing it Himself. For coming to sound the alarm about salvation and about Himself. He came to bear witness to to you and to me about those things. If you don't know this Jesus, I would love to talk to you about Him. I know the prayer workers would as well. That's what they're here for. They're going to be standing up at the front. If you need prayer, if you need to hear about Jesus, talk to Him this Sunday. Let me pray for us. Thanks for listening to today's sermon. If you live in or near Bethany, Missouri, we invite you to join us for our worship services held on Sunday morning and Sunday evenings, as well as our various activities on Wednesday nights. For more information on how you can get involved, visit our website at bethanyibc.com.